just receive what he has for us here today. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I'm going to be quite short here today. Quite short, very much to the point. I just want to share some simple thoughts with you that, that, that really connect with the things that Kimberly was saying, some things that have been on my heart and um, that I think are just absolutely paramount to our Christian Walk. Luke 10, 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, that is Jesus and his disciples. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And they're in Bethany, which is the village, two miles east of Jerusalem. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Very familiar portion of Scripture in the Gospel of Luke that all of us may be very much familiar with. But I just want to speak to you here today. Sit before you serve. Sit before you serve. Lord, I thank you for your word, which is living, which is able, God, to give us life. I pray, God, you would make us subject to your spirit, subject to your word, make us conformable to your son. I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you for the wonderful things you're stirring in our lives and that you're cultivating and that you're even birthing out of our lives, God, that you're manifesting in our lives. I thank you, God. I appreciate, Lord, so much that you don't owe us anything, but you do so much above and beyond, Lord. The, the blessings and just the joy and the peace and the goodness that you put into our lives. Thank you so much, God. Pray that you would bless us here today all the more. Help us to see the first thing that matters the most and help us to go after that thing with all our hearts, with all our minds. Help us to pursue you here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. There are many things for us as Christians to accomplish in this world. There are great needs around us, aren't there? Think about just the needs in your own family. Think about the needs maybe represented in your spouse, in a son or a daughter, in extended family members. Just think about the amount of needs represented on your street corner where you live. You see hurting people, you see blinded people, you see people who are in bondage to sin all around you, don't you? And as Christians, we know we have the answer. We aren't the answer. We know that Jesus is the answer. And when you become a Christian, you are enlisted into the Lord's army, and he is your general. And you are called, you've been purchased with the price, you're called to live for him. He's your master. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. He calls the shots in your life. And if you recall on Wednesday, I was talking about living for the praise of God, living for the praise of an audience of one. 
But it's so easy for me. I don't know about you. It's so easy for me to lose perspective even in a day. To lose perspective on what really matters and get caught up in, the, in a moment. And, and, and we should always maintain a bird's eye view of our lives and, and what our lives consist of and what the goal is in life. But sometimes our flesh or life circumstances allows us, it just feels like everything's just up in your face and you lose perspective sometimes, even as Christians. And I think all of us know that and we experience that. But when we become Christians, you have been called to a holy calling purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's of utmost importance that you ever stay close to the heart of God so that you do not lose that perspective. So that you do not lose what the intended goal should be for your life. What would it, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but lost his soul? How foolish that is. For individuals, they're living for things. They're living a life that will come to a very quick end. All of us, our lives will come to a very soon end. And they're living for things that will burn in the end. And that have no eternal value. Is it okay to enjoy life? Is it okay to go to the beach? Is it okay to buy a new car? Is it okay to go play basketball? Is it okay to enjoy things with your family, with your wife? Absolutely. And that's the wonderful thing. In Christ, he makes everything meaningful, doesn't he? So that what used to be so trivial, that is going to work, I go with a thankful heart. And it's as unto the Lord. And I do this as unto the Lord. And I'm thankful to him. He brings meaning and blessing to everything. Where once before Christ, everything was in black and white, but when you come to Christ, everything's in full color, isn't it? The flowers smell sweeter. The trees and the grass are greener. Everything is just so much better and clearer because of the goodness of God. Not just salvation, but just His goodness in your life. And it is God's intention that you would live like that continuously. I know every single one of us, we face struggles and battles, and we wait, Paul says, wage a good warfare. And in the meantime, between now and when the end of our life is, when eternity starts, it's not easy. That's why God, he declares it as a war. Was it, was it, I think it was, a, it was an American president during World War Two, war is hell. Meaning it's, it's, it's nitty gritty, real life wars. And in this spiritual war, there's, there's a war being waged over our eternal souls. And this warfare is not hell for us, but it is a, us fighting hell, isn't it? Us fighting darkness and the devil's desire for our lives to consume us, to destroy us, and to take us out. But it's God's intention that though it's not easy, it's still good living this life in Christ. It's not easy to die to yourself, to die to the lust of your flesh is not easy because that's what natural, that's what's natural. To overcome the persecutions around you, to to have to patiently endure Suffering and job loss and death. Man, it's tough, isn't it? Oh, but it's still good, isn't it? It's still good. 
God's intention for your life is to live in such a way that you are so near to him that the reality of his goodness will always be greater than the present circumstance you find yourself in. And that you will always, because of that, you will always have the proper perspective, no matter what you are going through, no matter what you face. That you see the prize ahead, and you're running with patient endurance, keeping your eyes on Jesus, who is the prize, looking neither to the left or to the right, and saying, God, I desire you. I desire you. I'm not living for man's praise or applause. I'm not living for money and accolades and a a career and a house and a car. I'm living for your praise, for your applause. I'm living so that I can eventually stand in your presence and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my rest. That's our goal, church. That is our goal. And I want you to know that what God has called us to as Christians, yes, it's war, but I want you to see, oh, fellowship with Jesus is so good. It is so pleasant and sweet and wonderful. And when I look in Jesus and the glory of his face shining upon me, it makes everything dim compared to what I face. So I turn my eyes upon Jesus. I turn my eyes upon Jesus. You know, as a minister, there's many things to be done. There's much ministry to be done. There's much ministering to be done. And do you know that even in ministry, you can lose perspective? Even in the midst of doing God's work, being a minister for God and the gospel, You can lose the perspective and you can be busy doing all kinds of things for God, but you miss God himself. And there's responsibilities of life life and things that we must put our hands to and take care of. And there's a lot of things that, that, that are under my job description as a pastor. But our first and greatest calling... And the better portion and the first thing that you should seek is to sit before you serve. Before I preach, before I counsel, before I minister in any capacity, I should minister before the Lord. I should minister before the Lord. And I can occupy myself and you can occupy yourself with all kinds of things and maybe even things in the church and maybe even serving people for a good purpose. But if you, if you miss the first thing and the greatest thing, that is just being with Jesus, fellowshipping with Jesus, choosing the first thing which will never be taken away from you, choosing the first thing that will never be removed from you. And this is what Martha was doing. Listen, throughout the Scriptures, we see where God commends hospitality. He commends um, a, a kindness and friendliness to the stranger. And, and in a lot of cultures, they're extremely kind to strangers when they come into their home. They will pull out all the stops. They will spend all kinds of money when they have a guest and be very hospitable. It's ingrained in particular cultures. And Martha was 
doing well and being a good, hospitable guest, taking care of Jesus, serving Jesus, God incarnate, the Son of God, serving Him. That's commended, and we should all do that. But she's so, she's, she's one of these people that I think, if you're not like a Martha, you know a Martha, right? Somebody who's just constantly, their mind never stops. They're always got to do, your, your daughter Martha, yes. <laughs> but that's, that's why they named her that. But, but she's doing a good thing. She's doing the commendable thing. She's doing the godly thing. But she's not doing the first thing, the most important thing. And she's, you can tell she's just buzzing around the house. She's cooking. She's directing people, do this, do that. And she's, you know, fill, topping off their, his drink with, you know, water or whatever and, and serving his disciples and bringing them bread and, you know, might have even killed a, a, a sheep or, or a goat or, or a, a, a calf or something for this special occasion. And they're just being wonderful guests. But then she realizes, my sister Mary is doing nothing. Look at what I'm doing. I am being a hospitable guest. What our parents taught us to do. And what are you doing, Mary? You're sitting there and doing nothing. You're not doing a thing. And it came to a point where Martha, she just had to say something. I, I, I just have to say something. I'm going to say something to Jesus. And she goes up to Jesus and she says in verse 40, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. How many of you, growing up with siblings, when mom or dad left the house, they said, okay, I want y'all to do X, Y, Z. You, you vacuum, you clean, you clean up the house. And there's always that one brother or sister who did absolutely nothing. And you had a you had uh, to, 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 to pull up all their slack so that all of you wouldn't get in trouble. And it was like a freeloader sibling. Yeah, you do, you'll do that. That's how me and Jonathan were. He was a freeloader. <laughs> I was the more conscientious, follow the rules, do what's right, just like Lily is. I've said this before, I'll say it again. When, when it comes to my kids and Jonathan and Morgan's kids, their kids, or my kids, make sure their kids stay alive and their kids make sure uh, my kids have fun. <laughs> and that's basically how it was with me and Jonathan growing up. Make sure he stays alive, he makes sure as I have fun. And I can imagine this is how Mary and Martha are. And she says, Lord, do you not care... My sister has left me to, I want you to remember this phrase, serve alone. Remember that, serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, 
Not in a condescending, humiliating tone. It's more like this, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. That word worried, it's the same word used in Matthew 6.33. Or in Matthew chapter 6. Where he says, don't worry for your life and what you will eat and what you will wear. And that word, it means to have a preoccupation with something to the point that it distracts you. To have a preoccupation with an anxiety or responsibility to the point that it distracts you. And that's what a worry is, and that's exactly what she was experiencing this. And she says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. 42, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part. Now, she wasn't, he wasn't talking about a particular meal or dish put on the table. He wasn't talking about food there, the best part. Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. And what did Mary choose? She chose. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus, meaning she was a disciple submitting to his lordship, and she desired to hear the words of Jesus, which were life to her. She adored Jesus. She realized he is the answer to everything in life. He speaks unlike anyone else. He's doing things. And there's this humility of heart in this entire family, as a matter of fact, including their brother Lazarus. All three of them became extremely good friends of Jesus. But just this tenderness of heart, this longing for Jesus, and she's sitting at his feet listening and hanging on every word he has to say. Everything. And he says, Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Have you ever regretted walking away from a time of prayer with God? Anybody? Have you ever regretted setting aside 30 minutes, an hour of Bible reading or prayer and just spending time and fellowshipping with God? Do you ever regret that? No. You never regret it. As a matter of fact, I know this is true in many people's lives here today because I know it was true in my life. There are many people here who today you live in a constant state of regret because you feel like you don't pray enough and you don't read enough and you feel guilty a lot of the time. And I will say, the Holy Spirit does not want you to feel condemned. But that feeling right there, it shouldn't be condemnation, but it should be a drawing to say, oh, I, I need Jesus. And when I lose perspective and when I allow my flesh and I get busy with all kinds of things, and it may be ministry. It pulls me away from the better part, the good part, which will never be taken away from me, which I will never regret, which is his presence. It's in his presence there is fullness of joy. It's in his presence where he gives me all those good things. It's seeking his face, sitting at his feet, that he blesses me and pours his life into me, and he speaks to me. And I learn of him, and I speak to him, and I tell him my needs. And he gives me guidance, and he gives me wisdom. 
Because here's the thing. It's good that you serve. It's good that you're hospitable. It's good that I'm in ministry. But if you do not sit before you serve, if you do not sit before you serve, you will serve alone. What do I mean by alone? Not by another warm body next to you. I mean you'll serve without God. Not that He's going to leave you. Not that He's abandoned you. But that you have not first sought Him. And when you go try to do for Him, His strength and His wisdom is not there because you haven't sought it. And it's accessible the moment you call on His name. It's not that He's withholding Himself. It's not that He's condemning But it's that he wants you to desire him. He wants fellowship with you. He wants communion with you. He wants to share his life with you so that he can put in you his will and his purpose for your life as a Christian so that you don't lose perspective, so that you experience his goodness, and so that his will is accomplished through your life. And so at the very end, you receive that prize, which is Jesus Christ. And so, he says, Mary has chosen that better part, that part part which will never be taken away. It turns my stomach to think, what if last night, me and Kimberly chose not to pray? Doesn't mean God couldn't fill her today, fill her the next day. But he will not fill us, he will not speak to us unless we tarry, unless we seek him, unless we desire that. And so often we miss out. We miss out on God's goodness for us, don't we? We miss out on his wisdom. We miss out on those things that he wants to bless us with. We miss out on the power and the strength he wants to give us. Because it's so much easier for the flesh to pull up Facebook, to pull up, pull up Instagram, to watch TV, to do something else. So much easier, isn't it? But you will never regret dying to yourself, picking up your cross, following Jesus, and just spending time in his presence. You will never, never regret it. And so the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost, not because of a sermon, but because 120 people obeyed the command of the Lord, go pray. Your first ministry is not to be a greeter, not to sing on the worship team, not to play, not to be a children's worker, not to serve in any capacity. Your first ministry is a ministry of prayer. Every single one of us, it is a ministry of prayer that we're called to. And what can be accomplished through prayer can never be accomplished with the strength of men's flesh. I don't care how much talent you have, how much money you have. What you can accomplish through the portal of prayer is far more than than what the strength of man can accomplish in this life. Because when you go to God in prayer, when you go to God in prayer, it is Him It is him reshaping your heart, reshaping your mind, the way that you think and conforming you to his son so that he can accomplish his will and his life through you. And on the day of Pentecost, 
The church was birthed, not because of a sermon, not because of a good worship team, not because of anything else except they prayed. And then they served. Then they ministered. Then Peter preached. And how many people were saved that day? 3,000 people were added to the church that day because 120 people because they prayed. Turn with me to conclude here to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 24. Seventeen twenty-four. I want to share something with you. That um, Friday night, I was I was watching something. A, a minister, an individual, and there was something that was said that was so profound to me that I had never considered when it comes to the nature of God, who, who he is and how he works and his relationship to us, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, a facet to this that I had never seen or considered in this way. And I'll tell you what that is by reading verse 24 of chapter 17 and to share with you my experience which relates to what I'm speaking of. This is Jesus speaking. This is his high priestly prayer. He prays for himself, he prays for his 12 disciples, then he prays for all future believers, including you and I. And here's what he says in verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Father, you loved me, the Son, Before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. When I begin to think about God and how infinite and eternal he is, I cannot comprehend. God has always been. God has always been. We have a frame of reference when it comes to time. There's always a beginning and end for us. There's a beginning and end for everything in this universe because all of it's created. It all has a beginning and it will all have an eventual end. But God exists outside of time. Time is an invention of his. He created time itself. And Jesus said, before the foundations of the earth, you loved me. When I think of God eternally existing, I just I think of God, but we, we understand that, that God is a trinity. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's one God, three persons. And I don't understand the Trinity. I have begun to, you can only begin to grasp at the Trinity, but no person has ever been able to adequately teach 
and describe the Trinity. And there are some groups who, who, who push aside the Trinity because it's too hard to understand and they say the Father is the Son and the Holy Spirit is the Son and the Son is the Son. But, but that's not what Scripture tells us. There, there are three separate persons, but we worship one God. But think about this. From all of eternity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they had nothing to rule over. They had no subjects. They had no creation to exhibit their sovereignty over. What were they doing? What were they doing? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, He tells us, they're in perfect communion and fellowship one with another. They are loving each other. Before before God ever manifested his glory to created beings, little ants like you and I are, and before he declared his righteousness and his judgment and his sovereignty over you and I, one characteristic of God, which has always been, is that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had perfect communion and love one with another. And here is what is so mind-blowing to me. You have been called into that fellowship. The revelation of this, for some it may be simple, but this man was talking about how that one religious group wants to concentrate on God's sovereignty and his power and his power and his power. And yes, he's powerful, he's sovereign. And he even says that that men may see my glory But God's power and so, or his sovereignty or his lordship or kingship over creation was not necessary when there was no creation. You understand? So what were they doing? Perfect fellowship. Love one with another. And I have been called into this same fellowship. He says, and I have declared to them your name. And will declare it that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Life is not easy, but because of that right there, it's good. Sit before you serve, choose the better portion which shall never be taken away from you. That is Jesus' presence. Worship team, come help me. Everyone, please come up and help me. God's desire for us, first and foremost, is for him to share his character, his person, his nature, his heart with you. You've been called into fellowship by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been called into this eternal fellowship that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has had for all of eternity, this eternal love. And this must be the compelling motivator in our lives. I love Jesus so much that I will do for him and go for him and serve for him because I have been with him and he has put his love in my heart. Let me share this poem with you. This is 
a poem that comes from Randolph's compilation of poetry, and it's called Cumbered About Much Serving. Christ never asks of us such busy labor as leaves no time for resting at his feet. The waiting attitude of expectation he oft times counts a service most complete. He sometimes wants our ear, our rapt attention, that he some sweetest secret may impart. Tis always in the time of deepest silence that heart finds deepest fellowship with his heart. We sometimes wonder why our Lord doth place us within a sphere so narrow, so obscure, that nothing we call work can find an entrance. There's only room to suffer, to endure. Well, God loves patience, souls that dwell in stillness, doing the little things or resting quiet, may just as perfectly fulfill their mission, be just as useful in the Father's sight as they who grapple with some giant evil, clearing a path that every eye may see. Our Savior cares for cheerful acquiescence rather than for a busy ministry. And yet He does love service where tis given by grateful love that clothes itself Indeed, but work that's done beneath the scourge of duty, be sure to such he gives but little heed. Then seek to please him whatsoever he bids thee, whether to do, to suffer, to lie, to lie still. Twill matter little by what path he leads us, he led us, if in it all we sought to do his will.